Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best action film franchise. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. How you sent me a list earlier in the day, and we had, I guess, a little bit of our wires crossed. Mm -hmm. Because I spent the afternoon trying to figure out how Richard Linklater's before trilogy Mm -hmm. counted as an action franchise. It's understandable. I uh, Let me explain to everybody what happened, and then we can forget about large swaths of this (laughs) list. (laughs) The topic is best action film franchise, which I mistook to mean best film franchise. I forgot the word action. So I compiled a list of 74 different film franchises, which doesn't even cover the gamut. By the way, film franchise, just to establish the definition, is at least three films in a series. Mm -hmm. Therefore, the MCU is not a franchise. It is a collection. But they're individual franchises. But yes, there are franchises. Yes, there are franchises within the MCU. The MCU itself is not a franchise. Right. So, uh, first of all, this was suggested on Twitter. Look at this. We got one from the, uh, the Twitter feed. Yeah. Daddy runs a lot. John, we only know your first name, but we know that you run marathons and listen to the show. So I hope you listen to the show while you run marathons and we don't make you too hungry while it's happening. We are here to talk about the best action film franchise, which I do think sadly precludes Richard Linklater's delightful before sunrise, before sunset, and whatever the third one was, before uh before lunch. That seems before like before lunch. Before it's before sunrise, before sunset, before midnight. I also before think midnight. Let me give you a couple more that we're get that maybe you think are are in betweeners that I think we can eliminate. Mm-hmm. They are uh the Rocky and Creed franchises. They're not action franchises. Yeah, I would call them franchises sports. around sports. But yeah. that that's not action, yeah. Yeah. Um but that did beg a great question that I think mm-hmm. we need to start with. I think we need to define what an action franchise is. And if I may, Mm -hmm. I have found a definition that I think works because it is from the Oxford bibliographies and it's collected data from uh, one, two, three, four, five, seven different books about the genre and come up with a core set of characteristics that an action franchise would have. And they are spectacular physical action. Obviously, mm-hmm. a narrative emphasis on fights, chases and explosions. OK. And a combination of state of the art special effects and stunt work. Bearing in mind that the action genre has only really been around since the late 70s. Now, how many of these criteria must it satisfy to be an action film? I think Say, a film like the the, the, the Bourne films, which have some mm-hmm. digital effects, but but I wouldn't say it's like cutting edge. A lot of it is like practical stuntmen, handheld right. camera work. That's an action film. There's no, there's no denying it. I would argue that it does have state of the art special effects, even if it is done practically from that one shot where they had Jason Bourne jump from one window to another and the freaking cameraman also jumped from one window to another following Jason yeah. Bourne. That's, that's a some state of the art. Yes, but that's, that's not special some- effects. 
Sure, it's special effects it's not like happening visual- in the movies. When we think about special effects, we're like, and then digitally, he flew into the air and turned into a dragon, and then off right. he went. But there's a lot of special effects that you don't see. You know what I mean? I, I think I'll suffice it to say it doesn't uh, – it, it needs to satisfy a number right. of these. Right. So <laughs> do you want – I'll tell you which ones we should keep okay. and tell me well, if you agree. Okay. I'm going to go from the ones that are not actual. We're going to do this fast, okay? Hold on. Oh, look who look who is now the one who made a list and wants to well, read the I, no, whole thing. No, I'm only telling you the ones we're keeping. Well, well, well. Out, out of the comedy – I think we can keep Beverly Hills Cop. I think we can keep Men in Black. We can keep Rush Hour. And that is it. Yeah, I would say that's true. Okay. So we're deleting all those. Uh, Are we, it's Beverly Hills. Was there a third Beverly Hills Cop movie? There was. It took place in an amusement park. Oh. And it was not successful. <laughs> and there is a fourth one in development. It is, it is forever going to be made. Sure. I think we can get rid of um, the horror films with the exception of Evil Dead. Because I think there's an action component to that, particularly in Army of Darkness. It kind right. Of, it kind of morphs. Agreed? Yes, but my question is, if we're going to eliminate them now, like they're- No, no, I'm I, including these. I'm saying these no, are no, no, action. I'm saying, yeah. right. If you want to include these now, I think the mm-hmm. fact that they're not really, they have action in them, but I would not call the Evil Dead- by default, an action franchise. We can talk about Fair it. Enough. But Fair I think enough. that so many of these, maybe Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, we can get rid of it. Beverly Hills Cop for sure. Rush Hour for yeah. sure. Rush Hour for sure. Beverly Hills Cop for sure. Those are action. And comedy. Men in Black. Tons of action, tons of fighting, tons of Exactly. Chances. Now, here's the big question that I want yes. to ask you about this. Okay. What about Star Wars and Star Trek? Well, let's talk about them one at a time. Okay. Starting with Star Wars, I think there's mm-hmm. no denying that those films have action in them. If you were to categorize or ask anybody to categorize those films, I don't think they would say that they are action films. So the, the comedy films I took, you could say they are action comedies or right. action slash sci-fi slash comedy in the case of Men in Black. It is also a comic book film. So it satisfies right. four different genres I had listed. I don't think – I think Star Wars is so entrenched in sci-fi and fantasy that all of the – even though it, it has action, has state of the – you know, it, it satisfies these blind criteria that Oxford has set forward. Right. Which makes sense for saying is this an action film or not. Mm-hmm. But I don't think if we're looking for an action franchise, I don't think it's Star Wars nor do I think it's Star Trek. I think the J.J. Abrams probably gets the closest because of the way yeah. that he made it. But the early, particularly the early Star Trek films, the first three, it's a lot less about the fighting and a lot more. So the Star Trek, the motion picture is practically about, <laughs> I mean, it is one of the most boring movies I've ever seen. And it's I've just watched the director's logistics cut, and paperwork. Well, it's a lot of like very slow. They were making like a sort of an art house film kind of approach mm-hmm. to it. Definitely not an action movie. Now, there is action within Star Trek. There's a lot more in it. But I always think of Star Trek as much more cerebral and a mm. lot more philosophical. And it definitely falls into the sci-fi, like solidly in sci-fi and not in action. So I think we can get rid of that as well. You know what? I think that's a great way to think of it is if you and I were managing a blockbuster. First of all, that would be so fun, dude. If you and I, I were managing a blockbuster in the late 90s, just – Eating the big, like, movie theater-sized box of Reese's Pieces and arguing <laughs> about the VHS movies. Yes. Yeah, I love that. That idea makes me happy. But if we were running a blockbuster, what section would we put the movies in? Yes. But I think that there is a phrase 
this is where it feels like it gets a little muddy to me. There's a phrase that goes back to a Douglas Fairbanks movie in 1927, and I blame you personally, Douglas Fairbanks, for coining this phrase, even though it was the marketing department at the studio that coined the phrase action adventure. Mm -hmm. Action at like action adventure is a genre that I think I would include something like Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and some of the other, you know, more fantastical things. But as far as action movies go, I don't. Yeah, I don't think I think they have to live in our world. I think that. Well, not necessarily. I think that. But I do believe that The Hobbit, which there's no chance in in all that would win. And The Lord of the Rings both are so steeped in fancy. Right. That all the battles, everything that happens is in, is in this fantasy setting. Not, that's not necessarily that it's not of our world, right. but I don't look at that and go like, that's an action film. Does it contain adventure? Yes. Are yeah. there a ton of fantasy films that contain adventure? Absolutely. Sure. Do you think that an action film can happen or do you think that, are there any action films on this list that happen in faraway places? It seems to yes. me like an action, like where? Which ones? Aliens. Aliens is a straight up action movie. That the just alien, takes place aliens, in the on another planet. Yeah, Aliens is an action movie. Alien is a horror movie. Yes, Alien Three is an art house film, and then Alien Four goes back to Alien Resurrection. The other two, I think, are action films. So, if we were running this hypothetical blockbuster, we would be putting Alien movies all over the place. It would be a no. slow invasion of Alien movies into assorted categories. Honestly, they would all live in sci-fi. I think yeah. we wouldn't split them up. So, I we can delete that. All right. Um, we're also getting rid of the Hobbit. I also, here's a question for you. And then I think we can jump in. I'm going to eliminate all of the animated films. Yeah. There are some great, there's some great animated action out there. That's not what we're doing today. Kung Fu Panda is close to an action film, but it's much more of a traditional Kung Fu film, which is a type, maybe a a subgenre of action, but also, uh, it just sort of has, it sort of lives in its own genre. And I wouldn't lump it in. Um, do you believe, that westerns are a subgenre of action films. I think there are westerns that are action films. I don't think that westerns by their nature are a subgenre of action films. Okay, I only have one in here. Right. It I is see the that Spaghetti Western trilogy, A Fistful of Dollars, A Few Dollars More and The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, all of whom star they're all uh was it Sergio Sergio um, Leone, Sergio Leone and starring Clint Eastwood as the man with no name. Mhm. I don't know that these are necessarily action films. They do have action in them. There's a lot of yeah. tension. They're really fun to watch, but I don't know that these are, I don't believe these are action films. I'm fine to remove it. Yeah. While we are narrowing this down. Yes. I only have two more to, or okay. there are three more to talk about. That's it. I'm loving this because it is so the opposite of normally what happens on this show. All right. I, d- let's just make this a yes or no. We're not going to get into the weeds on it because we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> We've got 37 to talk about otherwise. All right. Do we? Not, not third, but like, there's a list of 37 to choose from. We don't need to, to bicker over three that I don't think would win anyway. Harry sure. Potter, not an action. No. no. That's more fantasy adventure. Yeah. All right. Gone. Pitch Black. It's action film, but in a sci-fi yeah. setting. No. No way it's winning. No way it's winning. Also, almost killed uh, Vin Diesel's career because that was what he chose to go with instead of the Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Uh, he went with that. Good thing and, he came then, back to the Fast and the Furious. You know why, Hal? What? Family. That's right. Nothing's more important than family. That's right. Lord of the Rings. No. Fantasy. Delete. Okay. All right. We've got, I have a list of 37 here. We're not going to talk about all of them, 
I have all pretty much all of the comic book adap- uh, adaptations as action franchises. Do you think that's fair? I was just going to throw out an idea. Okay. Why don't we cut through a big swath of this? Okay. And pick the best of the franchises within the action comic book franchise. Let's do it. Pull one of those out. So the ones we have on the list right now are the Batman movies, starting with Keaton all the way up through Clooney. Clooney. Keaton through Clooney. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Captain America, Guardians of the Galaxy, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Assorted Versions, Superman, The Avengers, The Dark Knight, Thor, Unbreakable, and X-Men. How many Unbreakable movies were there? There are three. There's Unbreakable, there's Split, and Glass. Those are all part of one story. Is that going to win? Nope. <laughs> guess what? <laughs> Unbreakable, I, I think Unbreakable is a polarizing movie. I, I like Unbreakable. Unbreakable a lot. I thought Split was fantastic, mostly because yeah. of James McAvoy. And then they like tie it in at the end mm-hmm. because Bruce Willis shows up. Spoiler alert, the movie's really old. Then Glass came out. I was really excited for that because mm-hmm. I'd been waiting for Unbreakable felt like a story that could continue to be told that I wanted to see continue to be told. And Glass was just not, for me, the movie I wanted to see. Is it Samuel it L. Jackson's character? It is it's Samuel L. Jackson's character. Yeah, that's a reference to his character. Yeah. They're all in a facility where no one believes they have these abilities. They think that they're all sort of insane, but they're mm-hmm. like, so he, it, it, it's an interesting premise and has some moments I enjoy, but overall I was disappointed with that film. And I think the franchise as a whole, I think it, it made it forgettable. I think if you stick the landing, yeah. that's a lot to be said, unless you're going to keep going, keep going, keep going. Some yeah. of these don't, some of these stayed as trilogies. All right, well, let's take a look at the ones that we have. I would argue that the ones that feel the most like action movies would be the Captain America series of movies Mm -hmm. and the Iron Man series. I I think those are probably the two to take through. Maybe the Avengers series and the Dark Knight. If we're doing a Batman, the uh, the Christopher Nolan series of Batman movies, I would say, yeah, I would say the, the three contenders for me in this are Captain America, Iron Man and Batman. Uh, Dark Knight, Batman. I told you mm-hmm. before, privately, between the two of us, that I had a dark horse. Yes. That I believed had the ability to win it all, even if it doesn't. Mm-hmm. What if I told you that that dark horse is in this category and it is not one of the three that you mentioned? I would not be surprised because it sounds like you're setting up that that is, in fact, the case. I'm going to tell you why. The okay. one that I chose as dark, my, my dark horse is my dark horse. And can I guess because, what your dark horse is? No, I'm going to tell you why. I'm not going to okay. tell you any specifics and then we'll see if you can guess. Okay. I think the, the films, the overall story told by the three of them is really, really strong. Mm-hmm. And the films, you could argue they get better as they go, but I've never seen a trilogy of films stick the landing like the third one does. It is not only maybe the best third film in a trilogy I've ever seen, but it is arguably, arguably the best MCU film that has ever been made. Do you want to guess? This is in one that we have not talked about? That was not included in that? not one of the ones you mentioned. Correct. Interesting. Because... Uh, mm-hmm. my first thought was going to, when you mentioned MCU, that's what blew it open for me. Cause I, sure. uh, I thought it was Superman. I thought you were talking about the Superman trilogy and you were saying, no, the third movie is the best ever. And I, I was thinking the yeah. Richard Pryor one where the lady gets Richard, covered in aluminum foil. 
Oh my God. <laughs> that scared me so much as a kid. I know I've talked about that. You also get uh, Annette O'Toole as Lana Lang in that movie. She's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I got no problem with those. Uh, I just saw, I caught a bit of Superman 2 today and mm-hmm. forgot that, uh, <laughs> the way that Lex Luthor and, uh, Otis escaped was by projecting a hologram of themselves. <laughs> and they're, Otis uh, doesn't and escape. The, what's up? Otis doesn't escape because he's pulling the balloon down. That's right. Spoilers so for the, people who the, haven't the seen robot. Superman 2. It's true. It's only been 43 years. Uh, do you think it's That's the Tom Holland Spider-Man trilogy? I don't. The reason why is that story. I do love that that trilogy sets us up for what's next mm-hmm. because it takes him from a Spider-Man that was wholly integrated into the MCU to a Spider-Man that's really where we see him when the comic books begin, which is he mm-hmm. has nothing. He has no buddy. Now that Aunt May has been taken away, nobody knows who he is. So they only know that Spider-Man exists. So I'm really excited for the next movie, which I know is is in development. And I think it is a fine trilogy, and I think it could be a fine franchise, but it is not what I'm referring to. I'll give you one more guess. because All right. Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy is correct. Okay. Uh, Here's why I was eliminating Guardians of the Galaxy is because it feels, in the same way that Star Wars does, it feels very much a fantasy. It feels more like a if if we're looking at remember when we had Mark Bernardin on and he talked about this is one of my favorite conversations we've ever had on the show. He talked about how the MCU is divided into individual genres and that has stuck in my head ever since. And I've always I think I think all of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies are brilliant. I don't necessarily know that I agree that they got better because I think the first one is better than the second one. Yeah, that's why I said arguably that's because you can make that. But the third one is is so good. Yeah, it is such a good movie. But that to me, I have ever since this conversation put them into their own little categories. And if we were making our blockbuster just out of MCU movies, mm-hmm. I would put Guardians of the Galaxy into the fantasy section and I would put Captain America and Iron Man into the action section because I do think that the earth that we live on as a place, I think is an important element. For some reason, I think the winner will be something that happens in our version of Earth. Then we should definitely eliminate Thor as well, because the majority of Thor takes place in yeah. outer space. Yeah, also the second Thor movie is terrible. <laughs> the Thor-Loki stuff is good, but I agree, it's not yeah. a good movie. Yeah. I'm sorry to eliminate your dark horse. No, no, I think that's a perfectly valid reason to eliminate it, is that it's it's primarily, I would say, a sci-fi film, not fantasy, because it's yeah. all fan- they all take place in the same universe. That's true. Yeah. So they've been to Earth. Yeah, well, Quill's from Earth. Yeah, he's from he's from Earth, but Rocket spent time there. Gamora spent time there. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean to say he's from Earth. Yeah, movie franchise. If you know, you know. What do you think it is, Hal? I'm going to come out of this saying Mm -hmm. I will put my hat into not my hat into the ring. I will put my vote in for the Captain America movies because they feel the most like action movies to me. I think the first one is fantastic. I think the second one is way better. They are different mm-hmm. movies. One yeah. is a World War II movie. Then you get like a, a a spy thriller movie. Then you get essentially an Avengers movie. Yeah. And I think you could take any of these and weave in the Avengers. I think you can include the Avenger films in that, in, in any of these franchises. Yeah, I would agree. And I think the whole story of Steve Rogers is really, really interesting. I think Tony Stark has a much better arc from where he starts to where he ends. Mm-hmm. But 
in terms of just their solo films, if you were to take those as the franchises, I think Captain America is fantastic. I can't wait for New World Order with with Sam Mackey with the Sam Wilson Captain America. Oh, yeah. Well, so, and that's the thing. Uh, the original Cap may not have had the most compelling arc because he's a good guy and he's always a good guy and he's never not a good guy. Right, but he still does. He he goes from blind allegiance to America to questioning the government to actively fighting for what's right in the face of it when it flies in the face of his orders and what yeah what's believed to be correct. He always does yes. what's right and what's good, and he uses his internal compass to guide him there. And, sure, and who he listens to changes throughout the films. I was not insulting Steve Rogers. No, no, I, I just, was to finish that sentence. Yes, I think that his is not as compelling an arc. As Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan's arcs that ultimately through all of these movies and a TV series mm-hmm. has now put them together. I think that's, there's, it's a lot more of a, a circuitous, uh, twisty, turny, fun, uh, way that they get there. For but sure. now so- we have decided that Captain America is coming out of the comic book category. Let's, before we take a little break, why don't we, we've only got three of them in here. Let's pull one from the comedy category and put them all, and we're going to put them all on the action shelf. The three that we have in the comedy category right now are Beverly Hills Cop, Men in Black, and Rush Hour. I think this is an easy one. What do you think it is? I think it's Rush Hour. I think you're right. It I is a all perfect, three films are really fun, self-contained trilogy. With, yeah, both leads. You've got a great comedian and a great martial artist. And we can't really have a best action franchise episode without some Jackie Chan in there. Yeah, absolutely. I, and Men in Black is very uneven. Two is not great. Mm-hmm. And the the reboot, which I wanted to love with Tessa Thompson and sure. Chris Hemsworth, also not great. Yeah. And um Beverly Hills Cop suffers from the same thing. I love the first one. The second one's also really enjoyable. They're very different. You have Martin Brest directing the first one, Tony Scott mm-hmm. directing the second one. But then the third one is just not it, – it, it's so far beyond the other two or behind yeah. that you look at it and go, oh, I hope they make a fourth one and he gets to come back and sort of – not redeem, but like I want a better resolution. I want yeah. like a, a Dial of Destiny to establish a better landing than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull did. Did you see Dial of Destiny yet? I did. It was after when I was testing negative for original COVID and mm-hmm. then like a day or two before rebound COVID, I went with to extra it. crispy. I got extra, yeah. extra crispy. You got regular COVID followed by extra crispy COVID. I get it, brother. And I'm so sorry. Um, okay. You know what, though? You mentioned something that I would like to bring up when we come back from yes. our break where you, the people of the world, can hear about some of the other great shows on the Maximum Fun Network. Hey, Max Fun listeners, this is Cameron Esposito. I'm a stand-up comic, actor, writer, best-selling author, and podcaster. I got a great show called Query, where I interview LGBTQ plus luminaries across, oh, a bunch of fields. People in entertainment, astronauts, musicians, rock stars. I am bringing the show to Maximum Fun. You can listen right now, and I am so happy to be on this network. We have new episodes out every Monday. You can listen at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. It's official. Max Fun has become a co-op. We're now a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you. Thanks to supporters and listeners like you, Max Fun will always be a place where employees have a say. 
Thanks to you, shows can continue to partner with an independent, values-driven network. Thanks to you, we're able to carry on our commitment to our shows and the community we've grown together. Learn more about what becoming a co-op means for us and you at MaximumFun.org slash co-op. That's MaximumFun.org slash C-O-O-P. And we are back. How Mm. we have our list of what makes an action movie. We got that from Oxford. But I want to talk about what makes the best action movie. And I wrote down a few different criteria that we can talk about that I think will be fun. You can eliminate or add however you like. Uh, But tell me what you think of this. Mm. The quality of the first movie. The quality of the subsequent movies. Yeah. To a minor degree, the quantity of movies, because some of these have made dozens of them. Uh, The legacy, which we always like to talk about. Hmm. Uh, The hero, the villain, and the MacGuffins. Yeah, I think the MacGuffins are are a little bit less important in a lot of these movies. I guess that's true, yeah. A lot of these franchises. Like in in one of the, I think there's at least a few Mission Impossible movies where it's just a thumb drive. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of thumb drives. A lot of thumb drives. The, the Indiana Jones movies have the best MacGuffins. We gotta, obviously. Yeah, there's no, yeah, no. The whole series the begins one. with a MacGuffin and a bag of sand that weighs apparently not exactly the same amount as the MacGuffin of that moment. Close though. Yeah, pretty close. You know what? He shouldn't have taken that little bit of sand out and run it through his fingers. I bet he had it right. That whole movie is about a man second guessing himself. Let me ask you something. The first Terminator film. Yeah. Do you think that the MacGuffin is Sarah Connor? Because she's the thing. She's the the yeah. one that he's he's come back to kill. She's the MacGuffin in the first one. I think uh, her son is the MacGuffin in the second one. Yes. John Connor. John Connor. Thank you. I wanted to say Eddie Furlong, but I realized the character had a name. Also correct. Yeah. And I couldn't think of it. Yeah. I mean, these are just things to think about. Yeah. As we go through. So let's talk about uh, what we think are some of the real contenders on this list. Are you want to just take turns throwing a couple out until sure. we're until we're satisfied? Yes, I will throw them out until we're satisfied. Uh, so what that means, throw out your heavy hitters first, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how about this? You throw one out and uh-huh. the other person either agrees it's a finalist, in which case it is a finalist or you go, I don't agree. Like we have to agree and then it's a finalist and we can have okay. a little back and forth about it. But this is not a 12-parter. No. If you know what I mean. So go ahead. Sir, you're first. I will start with Mission Impossible. I agree. Great. 100%. Uh, I'll go with Indiana Jones. 100% agree. Okay. Uh, now, here's another one that we may want to divide up and tell me hmm. what you think of this. Hmm. I will say the Daniel Craig series of James Bond movies. Or are we looking at Bond as an entire... Bond as a franchise is all all, all 800 movies. All right. I think then we have to put Bond in there. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to throw in... Oh, geez. All right. (laughs) This is maybe... This is another dark horse. Not one I'm picking out, but one I'm looking at now. And Mm -hmm. that is the Robert Rodriguez trilogy. El Mariachi, Desperado, and Once Upon a Time in Mexico. One million percent. Yes. That movie, the movie El Mariachi Mm -hmm. was absolutely formative in my childhood. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you have movies like that and your budget goes up, Mm -hmm. you lose something. 
but I think he's, he's a guy who has stayed true sometimes to his detriment, but a lot of times to his credit to how he makes those movies. Yeah. So he I, feels I, like a 12 year old making movies. Yes. You know what I mean? He feels like he's yes. always making a movie with a camcorder and his buddies, even when mm-hmm. he has bajillions of dollars to make a movie. Yeah. You know, yeah, if you give him $2 billion to make a movie, he's still going to put that bandana on and grab the camera himself. Yep. And also, I found this out recently from a Mexican-Cuban friend of mine when we mm. saw a mariachi band play together. They played that song, the Hi, 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 mi amor, the one that Antonio Banderas sings to open the film Desperado. Mm-hmm. And they played that song and it was like, hey, that's bro, that's the one from Desperado. And he was like, every mariachi band now knows that song. Just and it was wow. written for the movie, but every mariachi yeah. band knows that song, and they're always like, "Yeah, sure, of course we're going to play this," which I think is great. That it made a mariachi hit. Like, come oh. on. Anyway, I will throw in the Fast and Furious franchise. Sure, Absolutely. so fun, wonderful. If you're going to talk about an action franchise, mm-hmm. I don't think anything fits that term better than John Wick. Yeah, I'll put John Wick on there. Yeah. What else do I want to put on here? Is there anything else here that you think should be on there? The thing is, there's some, there's so many great honorable mentions. Like, I love the Hunger Games books and movies. Yeah, but it's not. I don't know if they're going to beat Indiana Jones or Mission Impossible or Fast and the Furious, all of these huge ones. No. Yeah, like the Andy Circus Planet of the Apes series is a great, great action series. They're both more sci-fi, even though they take place on yeah. Earth. Yeah. I would Spoiler! <laughs> well, if you watch the the new ones, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Sure, it's where it all takes yeah. place. And if and Spaceballs already spoiled the original ending of the first ones, anyway. <laughs> it did. Um, yeah. I honestly, I think the list we have now, there are so many great ones. The Mad Max series is great. Rambo is great. Pirates of the Caribbean, great. Mm-hmm. But I think between these, between these six, I think it's in there. I have three more. Oh, you do? Okay. See if you agree. Yeah. One is the Bourne Identity, the Jason Bourne films. Right. Forgot about that. Yes. The other is Die Hard, where obviously as it went on, it got more and more ridiculous, but mm-hmm. but also that franchise launched an entire genre, like a subgenre of action, which is yeah. the wrong guy, right place, right wrong guy, wrong place, right time. Yeah. I would uh absolutely put both of those in. I uh, and the third one is the one that that really created the buddy cop action film, which is lethal weapon. Okay. And yeah. the mismatched partners. Yeah. I like that. And it is, it's very definitively action. Yes. That is all I have. All right. Do we agree on all these finalists? Uh, yes. Okay. So the finalists, as we have them listed are the born series, Die Hard series, uh, the Robert Rodriguez series, Captain America, Fast and the Furious, Indiana Jones, James Bond, John Wick, Lethal Weapon, Mission Impossible, and Rush Hour. We feel confident in these? Yes. And I think Captain America doesn't belong here anymore. Cause yeah, the more be right. I look at this, the more I'm like, it's not an action film. It's com, it is like, it's so rooted in comics that, that Marvel exists on its own plane. And that yeah. is a separate conversation to have now that there are all these sub trilogies. We could have that conversation separately. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah I think right. so. Gone. So we could, yeah, we can do a whole episode of best MCU franchise. Absolutely. 
All right. So now we're looking at this. I want to do a battle right now, a battle between okay. two of them. One yep. of them is a juggernaut and the other is the scrappy one coming up behind. But it feels very much like they're in the same world. And that is James Bond and Jason Bourne. What do you think? I think the Jason, I think the first three Jason Bourne films was that the, the identity legacy and supremacy. I don't, I know yeah. I might have it in, in the wrong way. I think those are the three, the first, yeah, the three born films. identity. What was it? The second one, supremacy, born supremacy and then born legacy. No, born ultimatum is the third born one. Born ultimatum. The Thank you. Legacy was one of the one where he came back. The order of the films is the born identity, mm-hmm. the born supremacy, the born ultimatum, and then five years later, the born legacy starring uh Jeremy Renner, yeah. and then Jason Bourne uh, a couple of years right. after. Right. That. That's it. Yeah. Yes, yes. So I think those first three films are fantastic. Yeah, the trilogy's perfect. There's such a steep drop off that you just go like, oh Yeah. Uh, James Bond is is so up and down, but it has the benefit of a number of different people playing James Bond in different mm-hmm. styles over the years. They're very different um, films from where they started to where, the, I mean, if you watch the original Casino Royale, uh, which is much more of a comedy and then the more recent Casino Royale, which is a brutal action film. Yeah. I think you get a lot out of that franchise. I don't think that outside of that trilogy that, that the Bourne movies hold up. Yeah, I would agree. And also I think there's, there's something to be said for a franchise where, because when outside of the movie world, when I think of a franchise, I think of restaurants, right? Restaurants, franchise, mm-hmm. they're all standalone businesses and they're all, they all have their tiny differences, but they're yeah. franchises and certain franchises do some things and some and things that others don't. They're not necessarily a linear progression. And I think as far as that definition of a franchise goes, of a bunch of standalone things that are all a little bit different. Bond kind of fits that perfectly. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is one of the biggest, uh, you know, it, it again helped kick off a genre, like created the yeah. spy movie craze. And of course the books were wildly popular before that. Yeah. Uh, thanks in, in the States. Thanks in part to JFK. But as a group, I just don't think the Bourne films hold up to James Bond. Uh Agreed. So James Bond is still in there. James Bond is going to go pretty far in this, I think. Yes. All right. Let's take a look at. Okay. And now I like pitting them against one another head to head. This is fun. Uh, So let's do now. Hey, how about this? You want to take James Bond and put it against Mission Impossible? That's the other spy franchise. Oh, interesting. Okay. I will hold the one that I have. We'll stay on James Bond for a minute. but I have one for after this. James Bond versus Mission Impossible. I hate to say this, this may be heresy, and I don't think Matt Gorley listens, so um, there's no danger there. Yeah. But I think that Mission Impossible has continues to grow. Like they figured out their groove and they stay in it and they make really good Mission Impossible movies. Mm-hmm. The first one is it was interesting but not great. The second one was a John Woo movie that yeah. was also about Mission Impossible. The third one, the J.J. The Abrams one, was like a little bit better. The grittier one. Then it took off. Yeah. And became so much better in terms of like, it was just like, Hey, this is what this is. And this is, these are the movies that Tom Cruise is going to make. And he's already said, like, I want to do what Harrison Ford's doing. I want to be making these movies until I'm 80. Like you, it's hard to find people who are movie stars, like really big movie stars that love 
just movies as much as Tom Cruise does. Yeah. Like he he's the last out. of the movie stars, I think. S- somebody the asked him school. recently, I think it was like a premiere, one of the early premieres for the new Mission Impossible. And they said, what are you going to see first, Oppenheimer or Barbie? And he sits there and thinks about it for an inordinately long amount of time before he goes into, well, you know, I think you have to see him back to back. I think what I'm going to do, because uh, I've been thinking about it, I want to see them both, is I'm going to go on Friday afternoon to see Oppenheimer because then you'll have a full crowd of people and see them enjoy it. And then immediately after, go to a Friday night Barbie, and that's also going to be full of fans and see a full screening of both. Like, yeah, the guy, the guy just loves, loves movies. movies. Yes. Yeah. I'm sort of like the non-movie star Tom Cruise in how much I love movies. You know, it's funny. I have often called you the non-movie star Tom Cruise. Thank you. Yeah. It's tough to eliminate Bond in this. Mm-hmm. Would you agree that Mission Impossible is better as a franchise? I well, as a it's interesting because I don't I think of James Bond as individual franchises based on the Bond because they're mm-hmm. so varied and so different. You know what I mean? Right. right. Uh, the thing I was just saying before, like the variety of James Bond movies, I think, is a big thing in its favor. But I guess the question is, do we want the same actors, the same characters that we love coming back movie to movie in our franchise? Do we, or do we want the Bond version, which is, there were, there are a few characters that, you know, come through each time. Well, I mean, like, I, you know, you're talking about variety. But the Bond is different, though. Yeah. I do think variety can be a good thing, but like, mm-hmm. there's no question Indiana Jones is going to be, be a hard one to beat. And yeah. they are all Indiana Jones films. There are shades of difference uh, mm-hmm. among them, but by and large, they maintain the general spirit of what an Indiana Jones film is. And it benefits from Harrison Ford playing Indiana Jones the entire time for the past 42 years. Right. You know, the Bond movies have at a necessity changed out of, out of a number, out of contract disputes, out of the actors just not wanting to do it anymore. Yeah. Or feeling like they've gotten too old. You know, Roger Moore sort of aged out of it. Yeah. Timothy Dalton was an odd fit. Pierce Brosnan got to it, I think, a little bit later mm-hmm. than they would have liked or he would have liked. And those are like the most action-y action movies and way less kind of spycraft. And then you return to this sort of grittier, uh, this grittier version of the character, or you change to this grittier version of the character with Daniel Craig. They are, yeah. they are no doubt different movies. Um, and you can sort of take your pick, but I also think it's a franchise that by and large, you can love all of them, but there's a set that you really like. These are the, these are the really good ones. I really, yeah. like the Connery ones are the best. It never was better than with Connery. It'll never be better than with Craig. Roger mm-hmm. Moore is underrated. And so yeah. it creates these subdivisions. And I, where think- am I, where are the rest of my Lazen bros? <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of Lazen bros out there. I always tell people that you're a Lazen bro. Yeah. Exactly. I'm trying you to get, it. get others. Yeah, this this show really should just be called the non movie star Tom Cruise and the Lazen Bro. Afternoons on one of four point seven. We got traffic on the lives. You know what? I do think that Mission Impossible beats James Bond for yeah. simply the action hero of Mission Impossible, not only being the world's biggest action movie and movie fan, but also doing all of his own stunts, like. He keeps in, coming up with new ones. He uh, yeah, keeps this coming one, up he... with new jo- – like, if the idea is action, Tom oh, Cruise is like, okay, what is action that I've never done before? Yeah, th- this new movie, he jumps off a cliff on a motorcycle wearing a parachute and then skydives down. 
He's bonkers. So, does he still on the motorcycle when he's skydiving or does he let the motorcycle go? The, the, uh, I'm telling you, there's a, there, I forget which account it is on TikTok, but it's a guy, I think it's Kevin McCarthy is his name and he's mm. a really big film buff. And the so speaker of the House people, of Representatives? Yes. Yes. <laughs> he's also or the buff. bad guy from UHF. Yes. Same. They're the same guy. They, they're, they work together. No, it's this, it's this younger guy and he's a huge cinephile. So he, when he talks to people like Spielberg, he'll ask them very technical questions and then, then he'll engage them. He asked Tom Cruise about this stunt and Tom Cruise like lights up like a Christmas tree. He's like, well, first we had to do, we had to make sure that the winds were cooperating that day. And then I had to make sure that I got enough separation from the motorcycles. If I didn't do that, then, then I could go down with it or it could hit me. Then I had to do like, he's so again, he's so enthusiastic about the stunts that he's doing. And it, and it shows in the movies, the movie, like he, he took more control later on and now he's making Tom Cruise movies and nobody makes a Tom Cruise movie like Tom Cruise. And yeah. I think when you try to do anything different with him now, I don't think it's as good and it's it has nothing to do with his capabilities. Sure. He's more than capable as an actor, but like these are the movies he loves making and he's making them and there's so much love put into them that you can't help but enjoy them unless you just hate those kind of movies. Yeah. So I think Mission Impossible goes through. Yes. Uh, eliminating James Bond. Brutal. But All right. right. Here was the question that I had earlier. Yes. And I want to go to the golden age of the uh, action movie. And I want to pit 80s versus 80s. Let's take a look at Die Hard versus Lethal Weapon. You know, I know you're a huge Lethal Weapon fan. But I'm I would a huge point fan of out. I would I point out that nobody says it's lethal weapon, but in a movie theater. No, no, no. Of course. Die, Die Hard became a very easy shorthand to pitch a movie. Yeah. They both created genres, though. You don't sure. get Rush Hour if Lethal Weapon's not successful. That's true. So I, I think Die Hard has made more movies. I've seen every mm-hmm. single one of them. They do not get better as time goes on. They get more and more ridiculous. Like, it's ridiculous what happens in the first movie, that he jumps off of a roof tied to the fire hose and survives. But that it's still – there's something – there's an internal logic in that movie that makes it mm-hmm. feel plausible. And that carries on somewhat to Die Hard 2, except for the part where William Sadler just throws a gun outside of the metal detector as he walks through it and nobody sees. Yeah. And then number three is so much Well, he fun. does get naked and do kung fu and everybody sees. That's right. <laughs> They're like, did you see, is that the guy who did the kung fu? And then there's a guy doing kung do fu naked in his hotel room. But the, and then the third one is so much fun and also very ridiculous. It, it's definitely edging even more into ridiculous, but you yeah. have Samuel L. Jackson in Scavenger it. Scavenger hunt. And yes. And you have Jeremy Irons who's chewing up all the scenery. So that one's so much fun. I think after that, it just starts to become, it feels like every other, felt like every other movie that it, that, that it spawned rather than die hard. You lose something when he's not, you lose something when he's not trapped. He just became this like globe yeah. trotting. Let's go to Russia. Let's go do this. But that's too. He's trapped in a place. The third, like there, he, that character is better. And those movies are better when the character is constrained. He has to follow the, if he doesn't follow these clues and do what simple Simon says, people are going to die. Yeah. So he's trapped in New York city and in specific areas where he's being forced to go. But I love that character, so I don't mind him not being trapped. I guess for me, I love Die Hard movies. Mm -hmm. And Lethal Weapon movies, I'm kind of like, meh, they're okay. 
Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I think I think Die Hard movies are better than Lethal Weapon movies. I don't agree on a whole. I do think that Lethal Weapon 1 and 2 are outstanding. Lethal Weapon 3 is silly. Lethal Weapon 4 is almost more of a comedy than an action film. And has, like, outside of the fact that Mel Gibson is in it, has some really, like, terrible, like, Asian stereotypes. And not necessarily from all the Asian characters, but from the white people. Doing voices that, like, for some reason, none of us were going stop or not enough of us were going stop. So it has problems, but I think overall as a group of films, it is better than Die Hard because of what Die Hard became. So you really don't – you, like, you didn't like the Timothy Oliphant one with the – where they were in the truck with – yeah. See, that's the way I feel about Lethal Weapon movies. Yeah. I You know what? I don't think either one's the winner. I think we can get rid of them both. What do you think of that? Okay. Yeah. Works I agree. Me. Like, they're both great, both influential, but I think I can get rid of them. All right. We're down to six. All right. We're down to, to the Robert Rodriguez films, Fast and Furious, Indiana Jones, John Wick, Mission Impossible, and Rush Hour. Is there one here next? that stands out to you as the winner? No. Not yet. Okay. I have one that I think might be the winner. Looking at this list, I don't think there's one winner yet. I okay. think there are, I think there are a few contenders. I think Mission Impossible is up there. I think Indiana Jones is up there. Mm. Uh, I, yeah, I think all of these could be contenders. I sadly do not think that it's going to be El Mariachi Desperado and Once Upon a Time in America, even though I think that is a dynamite trilogy of movies and great action. I just don't think, I don't think it's, I don't think they're big enough. You know what I feels mean? Like it feels Physically, like a trilogy and not a franchise. It feels like a trilogy. I think that, and they're, and you know, in Acuna where they shot the first one, I don't know if the whole thing mm. takes place in Acuna, but it's like a ballet of yeah. pistol arrows and it's beautiful. All three. But I don't I like think it, it's, yes. I, yeah. I don't think it's as big as the other ones. And I want my action movie. I want my best action franchise to be big. Well, if you want to talk big, it doesn't get much bigger than Fast and Furious. And if you think about where it started, which is basically like Point Break with underground racing, mm-hmm. and then it turned into Ludacris in space, it doesn't get much bigger than that. Yeah. However, at a certain point, and I love these movies, I'll watch them forever. Yeah. I I got Stockholm Syndrome researching for the last one. I've not watched 10 yet. I'm waiting for the price to great. a little bit to get it. Dude, I'm looking Tim forward to it. Tim is so good. The best villain of the whole series. But Jason uh, is hands down the best villain of the whole series. I think at a certain point, it's just the same movie over and over again. And like, if the stars were not it, if you took the stars out of it and put in a bunch mm. of B movie actors, you would go, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. But the stars, it's really like the star power of it of like, look at all these people and then the crazy stunts that kind of make it. They're not good movies. We like well, they're, them because they're what they are. Does that make sense? Yes. And I also think that one thing in an action movie, if the action and the danger are a big part of an action movie franchise, I never feel like anyone in a Fast and the Furious movie is in danger. You know what I mean? The stakes, yeah. as high as the stakes are presented to us as being, the fact that, spoiler alert if you haven't seen all of them, no one ever dies for long. It's right. like a soap opera. So the, the stakes seem sort of artificially low. Yes. You know what I mean? Or not, 
I agree. The stakes, the stakes seem artificially high when in fact, as a viewer, I know they're pretty low because everyone yeah. comes back. Yeah. It doesn't, uh, like that's not, it doesn't generate the thrills that you think it will. Now, Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. you still, you get the thrill, I think, in those moments without ever believing he's really going to die. Right. But the whole notion that the Indiana Jones movies hinge on one sentence he says in one movie, which is, I don't know, I'm making this up as I go. That yes. is what keeps me on the edge of my seat as each bit of action in the movie comes out of a decision someone made, some absolute pure chaos, uh, yeah. something a villain did. Like there, it, the decisions that get made in the movie and the propelling of the action in the Indiana Jones series is so varied and so fun, and he really does spend the whole movie just making it up as he goes along. Yes, and the way you can draw a line through the majority of action sequences in those movies mm-hmm. and see how, like, the dominoes kind of topple and how bizarre it is, and it's a joy to watch. And I did enjoy the fifth one. Mm-hmm. Um I think it, it affected some people deeper than it affected me. But I do think it was a really good, you know, this is his last movie as Indiana Jones. I think it was a fine last movie for that character. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just something to those movies that they're, uh, some of these other ones I could watch, like I might come back to every once in a while, but Indiana Jones, like I'm always down. I just watched Temple of Doom over the weekend. Yeah. And it's great. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Temple of Doom haters. It's great. It's super yeah. fun. We haven't talked much about John Wick. Which John Wick was such a shock. I remember going to see it because I, I, and I've talked about this many times on this podcast and to anyone who will listen to me. I think that, that Keanu Reeves by and large makes amazing choices for the movies that he's going to be in. Mm-hmm. We didn't even talk really, about the really matrix smart. as a fran- as an action franchise. It's because it's such a sci-fi. Yeah. It's such a sci-fi. It's so much more of a sci-fi kind of fantasy movie. That's why I had it on the list, but then just got rid of it. Yeah. Um, John Wick was such a surprise and kind of refreshing. It was mm-hmm. shot by a, by a stunt man, the stunt coordinator or one of the stunt coordinators for the Matrix, Chad Stahelski or, or, or however you say his name. So mm-hmm. the, you know, the action is going to be insane, but the thing that separates him from almost from any action star I've ever seen is that when he kills somebody, he makes sure they're dead. Yeah. Like, it's what, like, he makes sure, like, he shoots you in the chest and then one in the head as he's walking by. Because you're not coming back. Yeah. So he is, uh, the character's interesting. The world they built around it that expanded and expanded and expanded over the first three films is pretty incredible. And the fourth one is, have you seen the fourth one? I have not seen the fourth one yet. It's a really interesting dismount. Okay. And I liked it. But I also, like, I was like, I don't know what to expect. Because I think people were talking it up, too. They are saying, like, oh, it's amazing. And I watched it. I was like, oh, yeah, it's good. It's got some parts. I think it kind of exhausts you. You know what I mean? Like, it's exhausting to mm-hmm. watch. It just takes a lot of – it's just so relentless. That's the thing about those movies is the action is relentless. The body count is relentless. And it's interesting that I didn't know that it was directed by a stuntman. Mm-hmm. Did he also write the script for it? Uh, I don't I'm know. curious because, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not here to poke holes into action scripts, but I think the inciting incident of the first movie when they kill John Wick's dog, I think that does yeah. a lot of heavy lifting for us empathizing with the character and rooting for John Wick. 
of all of the stars, of all the heroes of all of these action movies, I think the character John Wick is the one I know the least about. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. And I don't and he hate did not that. write those movies. Okay. I don't hate that. I think that yeah. that incident ingratiated the audience to him so much and you are rooting for him so hard. Yeah. That they didn't have to flesh out the character as much as you know, Indiana Jones, we know how his mind works. We know where he's been. We know, we know his, his relationship past. with his dad. Exactly. We know there were the beginning of Last Crusade. The entire first, was it the cold open of that movie? Yeah. Is all just, here are all the details from his childhood. It was like a therapy session for Indiana Jones. It's great for us to see of yeah. Indiana Jones. Well, they all start with an action sequence. That is the beginning action. That's the beginning action sequence is the flashback. River Phoenix. Yes. But I think we can eliminate John Wick from this list just because we don't know enough about the character. Not that that's a bad thing in the series, but if we're trying to pick the best, I think it's now down to Indiana Jones, Mission Impossible, and Rush Hour. We haven't really talked about Rush Hour. No, not you much. want to talk about Rush Hour a little bit? Sure. It's on here because Jackie Chan is the greatest of all time, Kung Fu master or whatever his particular discipline is of martial arts. There's nobody that can make it look... Like he is not in control when he is in complete control. Yeah. That is the best as performance goes. I think that is the best that I think those are some of the best action fight sequences. I've seen. Yeah. Look, he's not only a supremely gifted martial artist and mm -hmm. stunt performer. He's also one of the most gifted physical comedians. Maybe who's ever lived. Oh yeah. He's up there with and, Chaplin and Keaton and Lloyd. And, and yeah. watch his stuff. I don't know if, how much of the stuff you've seen that he made while he was in China, but those movies are incredible. Like if you like these action sequences, mm -hmm. they don't hold a candle to the stuff that he does in a lot of his other films, but it's still great. It's still like, it's not, uh, not to say it's not good, but just like this is later day Jackie Chan. Like yeah. watch prime Jackie Chan. It's unreal. But I, I think what works well, and he did this a couple times. He also did it with Owen Wilson with Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights, which I also enjoy, which mm -hmm. is like, let's pair him up with a comedy person. Yeah. And I think Chris Tucker is a better match for him than Owen Wilson was. And they're yeah. both doing the same thing of like, like they're kind of con men, but Chris Tucker is such a, he was in such a moment and he's such a flavor of comedy. Like he's sort of in that Eddie Murphy, like fast talking kind of school but he's his own thing it just works really well mm -hmm. they kind of balance each other out you know why here's a uh, tell me if this makes sense to you it feels mm. like owen wilson and jackie chan together in shanghai noon and shanghai nights uh it feels like in that pairing if you have to have one that's the funny one and one that's the straight man owen wilson's the straight man and jackie chan is the funny one yes in this in rush hour Jackie Chan is the straight man and Chris Tucker is the funny one, even though Jackie Chan is one of the funniest, uh, like his physically, he's one of the best physical comedians to work, as you mentioned. But in this, he is more the straight man than the comedian. So it's a fun. I like the dynamic of those. I, just piggybacking on what you said. I that's one reason I enjoy the dynamic of those two in these particular movies. Yeah, I think. Yeah, they're all a lot of fun. It's fun to watch those two together. Let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. Do the Rush Hour movies get better? No, I don't think so. I think In the that, way I think that the Mission Impossible good. movies do? No, not at all. No, I don't think it's a winner. We just hadn't talked about it. So. Yeah. 
All right. We had it down to, it's not a big surprise. Yeah. I think it comes down to Indiana Jones or Mission Impossible. Big surprise that, that we eliminated a couple of big heavy hitters in here. The fact that Bond isn't up here in the final two, but I think we rightly eliminated it. I think, and I think the argument that we made for Mission Impossible against Bond mm-hmm. kind of has me lean. And I love the Indiana Jones movies. Going back to the blockbuster section, I would put them in action-adventure. I mm-hmm. would say more adventure than action. But uh, if we had a section called action, I would put them in there. And we I would argue that at its it doesn't get better. Mm-hmm. Well, it does, actually. You could argue if you like Last Crusade better than you like mm-hmm. Raiders of the Lost Ark. You can flip-flop those sure. in my mind. Those are pretty. back and forth all the yeah. time. So it does get better. The arc of Indiana Jones... And really, mm. if you watch them in the proper order, you'd start with Temple of Doom, where he's Mr. Fortune and Glory. And then yeah, he learns. it's 1935, 1944, 1937, whatever. I think, is the yeah. second one. In the, or 1938 mm-hmm. and then 1939. I, they're all like pre or around World War II. Yeah. And the, Nazis, the, the Nazis exist, yeah. Yeah, then the 50s and then 1969 is the last one. Is it 69? So, that's the year it's mm-hmm. supposed to be? Nice. Yeah. So <laughs> Stupid. I, I would argue that at its best, Indiana Jones is better than Mission Impossible. Yes, but as a franchise, I would argue that Mission Impossible is the better action movie franchise. Ooh. Oh, man. I think, and for all of the reasons we mentioned before, like when I say it's almost like Indiana Jones is its it's an adventure movie. It's its own different genre that harkens back to those classic adventure movies. But if we're talking action movie, the genre of action movie, I feel like Mission Impossible is the most action movie. And in this case, bigger is better because we're talking about action movie franchises. I would argue that Mission Impossible as an action movie series. Now, if we just said as a film franchise, mm. I think that Indiana Jones, and this goes back, this comes full circle back to the very beginning of this conversation. I think that as a film franchise, Indiana Jones is superior. But as an action movie franchise, I think it's Mission Impossible. You're right. Because, you know? You're 100% right. You don't have to argue anymore. You're 100% right. It is what? more of a... I, I think of Indiana Jones as a series. I think of Mission Impossible as a franchise. And I can't, uh, like, that's even something I can't quite put my finger on. Yeah. Also, you have to wait a long time in between. Well, in between at least, like, Last Crusade and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was almost 20 years. And then we waited another 15 to get this one. Because it's so hard to get him off the ground as opposed to Tom Cruise. Like, it's been two years. Let's get a new one out. Let's go. We're constantly making them. I want to keep going. Go, 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 go. That feels like a franchise. And the team members get a, like, they change a little bit. Mm-hmm. So they come in and out. Yeah. People of the world, it, you asked for the action franchise. Mission Impossible is the answer by pretty much any measurable standard. It kind of hits it all. And I'm really excited to see part one of the new movie. Now they're breaking them up into two parters. Dude, what a summer though. What a great summer. We get an Indiana yes. Jones movie and a Mission Impossible movie. Absolutely. We are living in an embarrassment of riches right now. Yeah. But the next time you and your friends get together and they start arguing about what the best action movie franchise is of all time, you can say, hey, it's over. The answer is Mission Impossible asked and answered. We did it, Hal. You know the only problem with this? 
Huh? This episode is going to self-destruct in 30 seconds. Oh, we better get through it really quick. No, gosh, uh, this topic is closed, but there are many more topics to discuss. So please reach out to us on Twitter at We Got This Tweets or you can email us at We Got This Podcast at gmail.com or go to the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash We Got This Podcast and talk about your favorite action film franchises. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, who you can support at patreon.com slash Ken Plume. Researcher Kim McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world, the reason that we make this show Thank you, thank you, thank you for Hal Loveland. I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Loveland. And don't worry, everybody. We got this. We got this. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.